What's up? We're back for another week with episode 163 of the Moto X-Pod show. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, who's providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, and more. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants. Don't forget to go to BloodLubricants.com, place your order, use promo code MOTOX to support the show. And we're going to be doing a contest pretty soon with uh, Blood Lubricants. Also want to thank Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Acherbys, X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting. You guys, uh, you know I like the, the custom painted helmets, so please check out Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors. Hit me up if you want to get in contact with him. He's doing killer work. $295 gets you a custom painted helmet. Uh, yeah, we've got a great show tonight. DJ TJ is on the road once again. Uh, but we're going to have some great guests, including Dean Wilson, Ryan Brees, Aaron Rosek. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I will find out when I talk to him. But he is Vince Freeze's mechanic at Moto Concepts. And Taylor Jones. She is a multi-time GNCC champion. Uh, she's women's champion from Australia. Badass off-road rider. I'm going to talk to her thanks to Craig Martin getting me in contact with her. Um, yeah, but we just had round three of the Salt Lake City races. Uh, one of the best races probably most of us have ever seen. That's pretty exciting. Between Well, at least between the top two guys, right? Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac. I mean, those guys put on one hell of a show. So we're going to talk about that with Ron Dog from Dented Pipe Podcast. He's going to come on a little bit and uh, here in just a moment. And we're going to kind of recap some of these races, just highlights, maybe what we expect out of round four with the West coming up. Should be good. So you got to stay tuned. We'll get Ron Dog on here in just a moment. Oh, hey, first, uh, we're doing another great giveaway this month from Fly Racing. We're going to give away a set of light hydrogen gear this time. Uh, good stuff. When summertime comes, it's the, the kind of the athletic fit, I guess they co would consider it. It's probably what I wear most often when I'm riding, uh, which <laughs> that hasn't been very often lately. But anyway, what I want to do this time to give that stuff away is – uh, I want to get emails, right, at MotoXPodShow.com. Click on the contact link or just use MotoXPodShow uh, yeah, at gmail.com. Either one. Send us an email. Uh, what I want is, like, your – I want to hear your stories of just kind of how you got into riding, whether it be racing or just riding with, uh, you know, your dad or your buddies or whatever. I want to get just a brief story, something cool. Tell me what actually happened. Don't make the crap up. Uh, you know, we'll probably read the email uh, when we give it away here and like, we'll do, let's say three weeks because some of the emails I got as to why people don't always enter the contest is sometimes they don't listen the first week or whatever, you know, our show maybe gets, isn't the first show they listen to. So it may be a week or two before they get to it, but I want all you guys that don't usually enter these contests to enter for this fly racing light hydrogen gear. So yeah, just send those emails in motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Anyway, we'll be right back with Ron Dog. All right, we got uh, Mr. Ron Dog on the phone from the Dented Pipe Podcast tonight. He is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. If you don't like leaky fork seals, then hit up shocksocks.com or burnmotorsports.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. But check them out. They're a longtime sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show. We pr appreciate Shan Garcia and Shock Socks. What's up, Ron Dog? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, dude. So uh, I noticed on this last episode of your podcast, man, you got some uh, pretty good group of guests. How'd that go? It's going good. I've uh, I've 
reached out to a couple people and they've actually gotten back to me. Um, same as, as usual, like you said, you know, sometimes you wait around for a while and then they all come back at the same day. So it gets a little fun <laughs> juggling the times and all that, but I mean, Hey, it's, it's worth it. People are willing to come on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, I have it. I downloaded it. I have it on my iPod. I haven't listened to that episode yet, but I'm so far behind with all the stuff that Mathis is putting out and, uh, the racer X stuff. I, I just, and they're coming out so quick with the way the races are. I can't keep up, man. It's funny because for his main podcast, because it's five hours, I spend one day on that, and then the next day I listen to everybody else's. Yeah, yeah, and I I was actually, I hate saying this, but I was kind of happy that last night his show was only four hours because that last hour made it so much easier, you know, to get that done and get my notes done for the wrap-up show and, and then listen to some for, other stuff. For sure, but I give them credit for, for as much as they're doing, as quick as they're turning around, man. There, there's a reason that they're they're kind of the top in the – in the podcast business it's very impressive him jason thomas all of them you know they're really knocking it out quickly and and it's impressive i totally agree let's talk a little bit about salt lake city uh we've had three races fourth one will be tomorrow night we've had three different track conditions three different weather conditions uh different slightly different times of the day different well not that much different outcome in the end really the uh the, the cream of the crop as they say rises to the top for the most part what have you thought so far well just like you said um you know we kind of expected that is the same dirt same stadium you know two days in between one race three days in between the other and, and we figured we we're going to see a lot of the same thing but as far as track conditions and even the the way the racetrack uh, breaks down in all three races has been three entirely different. I would guess they were at different stadiums. Right. If you look at the action and the tracks themselves. Yeah, I uh, I was like really worried after the first one, right, with the track conditions being as bad as they were, dusty, breaking down, just not cool, blue grooved almost. I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. But it's actually kind of gotten better. Uh, you know, the Ooh. the first Wednesday night race was really good. And then they mm -hmm. did a great job saving the track with the rain. I mean, it was muddy in spots, and there were some issues, obviously. I mean, we, we saw the, the, the guys lapping up to fourth, I think it was. But mm -hmm. for the for as wet as it looked in the morning, they it was pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Um, it started drying out, I think, just before the first heat started for the 250s. The sun came out, and it really started drying out and allowing them to be able to, to really actually jump half of the, the rhythms out there and obviously they couldn't do everything like they probably would have on a dry track but like you said all things considered i think it was the best possible track they could have had yeah i agree um so coming out of this long i think it was 85 day break or whatever it was the you know the dealing with covid coming back to racing you know we we were all like hey we got eli tomac and ken roxon are pretty much your two title favorites these guys are going to battle it out to the end Hopefully Cooper Webb's going to get up in there and you know make up some points and make it a three-way race, and then maybe Barsha maybe Barsha fights for that third position. We keep hearing that you know if he gets third over on the series, he keeps his ride, which I've heard that's actually he, he says he never said that now. But uh, regardless, this is kind of the things we expected, right? Those those mainly those three guys to really battle for this thing. But uh, you know Kenny has had some issues, um, you know, and I don't know that we'll ever really know what's going on. He he came out on social media and kind of made a post about asthma, but not looking good for Kenny, man. He's in Honda. It's kind of scary for those guys. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for uh, Ken Roxon. He's lost points. I think he lost five on the first night just getting third because Webb got between him and Tomac. 
and I think he was fifth on the second race, and then he was tenth and got lapped twice. Um, and I, I don't know what that's going to do for your confidence. Not only do you get lapped, but you get lapped twice by the two guys that you're trying to – one, you're trying to catch, and the other one you're trying to stay ahead of because Webb's only six points back now out of second place in the point standing. So it, it's hard to speculate. It's hard to say. Unfortunately, it's starting to feel a lot like last year. We got towards the end of the season and towards mid-season or mid-race point, he'd start to fade. And I don't want to necessarily say he's fading, but um, I just I, I don't know what he's got to win out from this point. And I just I haven't seen that from what we've gotten in the first three races so far. No, I I fully expect uh, you know at this point I I think it's Eli's championship. I think he's a different guy than he's been, um, and I don't think. I don't see Kenny being able to do that. I just don't. I think, it, you know, it's – even if he was at 100%, it's very unlikely that he would win out. And the way things have going, I don't see it just turn around. I think there's a serious problem going on. Uh, you know, and they did say – I don't know if you listened to – I think it was on Pulp last night. might have been one of the, the review show where uh, JT said, you know, if you went back two years ago when the doctors were working on his arm and they had told him, mm-hmm. you know, hey – you know, a couple of years from now, you're going to be here, or, or as opposed to maybe never riding again, he'd he'd have taken that a hundred times out of a hundred. But now yeah. that he's where he is and racing and been somewhat competitive, you know, at times the best guy, it's still got to be it's got to be mentally messing with him in a, in a major way because who knows he doesn't know if he'll ever be that guy again full time. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting thing because you know talking about arms and that massive injury he suffered in seventeen. You know, I don't really see the arms. I'm, I mean, he's not 100% to where he was before the injuries, but that's not what's causing him. At least I don't believe right. that has anything to do with what's affecting him now. But, yes, he just it, it, he just hasn't reached that level he was at before. And he was looking really good, winning a couple races before the break. And, you know, he was tied going into Daytona only three points back. But it just seems like a different Ken Roxon that we've seen. Now, in the beginning of the season, when he was running races, he was getting good starts, always starting up front. So with a good start, I'd like to see what he does. But at the same time, he, like you said, it's Tomac's to lose. Because even if Webb or Tomac win these last four races, Tomac's got to finish outside the top five somewhere for either one of them still to have a shot at the championship. Right. And on that note, I'm really impressed by Tomac. All his weaknesses and everything that's been pointed out about him in the Supercross championships for the last three years, he's overcome them this year. So he is really, you know, mud rider, um, cracking under pressure, whatever you want to say, he's really brought it this year. So I'm really glad to see him holding it together till the end. Yeah, I, I feel the same as you do, but there's still that part of me that goes, okay, there's still four le- races left. You know, it could, it could happen at any time, but I don't believe it's going to. I think he's, I think he's locked in. Uh, I know Superfan Dylan. 100% believes he's locked in. He's already the champion in Dylan's eyes, so you might as well crown him now. Uh, but Cooper, man, Cooper Webb, as, you know, I said before this thing started back up, you know, on, on here that I think Cooper is going to win two or three of them. I think Cooper is going to come back in, and, and I actually still picked. I was being a little uh, optimistic, but I was still picking Cooper to win the thing over the whole thing. Uh, I don't feel quite so confident in that now, but I love what he's doing. I love that he's not afraid to you know, kind of mess with the guys and, and be a player and let them know that he's still a bad mother effer. Yeah, well, for Cooper Webb, everybody knows that they've listened to my podcast. I'm on the web wagon, so I'm still holding. Until he's 
physically pointed out and cannot <laughs> come back, I won't count them out. Yeah, There's yeah. Still plenty of races for something to happen, a mechanical. But unfortunately, I think uh, Sunday's race in the mud was the best chance we had uh, for Cooper to really get back into and have something, have a bad race happen. And and you know, I don't want to wish any anything negative or an injury or mechanical on, on Tomac either. But being a Webb fan, I want to see him get back into it, and that's what it's going to take. Um, for Webb, though. He, he never gives up. You know, we saw that in the race Sunday. He was battling to the end. He kind of fell back, and he did what he always does. He has the ability to watch someone and pick up where they're going faster than him and adapt to their lines. I don't know how many times he went to the inside of that big triple and seat bounced as hard as he could. Yeah, stretched and it out. And still, he's the only guy making it over there. So, yep. um, you know, for Cooper Webb, he's not going to give up, and you know you're going to have to beat him. Um, so the, uh, we've had some good racing. That's in the end. That's all I can look forward to as a fan coming to the end of this series. It's just some good, tight action racing. Yeah, I agree. Um, anybody so far in these first three of the Salt Lake City rounds that you're disappointed in, or anybody that you're, uh, you know, actually surprised in a positive light by? Anybody that surprised you or disappointed you? I don't want to say surprised. Um, but I was really happy to see uh, Mookie get his heat win in the second race. Um, I saw those whoops, and I thought he was going to be a force to be reckoned with. Unfortunately, I believe he went down in the first lap, yep, and that did. hurt him in the main event. But, you know, I, I don't want to say surprised because he's shown that kind of speed, but I was happy to see him him do that. And then he got a top-five finish. I believe it was the first top-five finish in the 450s this season. It at was. Least. Um, Sunday, so yeah, you know he. I, I've been impressed by him, but again, I know he has that speed to be like uh, Justin Hill. If Justin Hill were to come out and get a top five, yeah, great for him. But at the same time, I've seen that speed, so it wouldn't blow my mind away. But at the same time, it was nice seeing him actually do it now. So, all right, good, good. Um, let's talk two fifties, two fifty East, taking a break. Uh, but we've had some good battles, man. I mean, Chase and and uh, McElrath have been going at it. Uh, you know, really nobody else is super involved in that. We thought Colt Nichols might get up there, but really it's two race, two two rider battle for the championship. Uh, it's kind of gone back and forth. We saw the red flag get thrown this weekend that you know helped Chase probably because we don't really, you know, we, I guess it's possible he could have got back up there, but unlikely, and then probably hurt McElrath. Um, what do you think about the 250 East series just in Salt Lake City so far? Well, 250 East, I think we have an opportunity for something to happen that I don't think I can remember ever happening. If Shane McElrath can come out on next Wednesday when they do their final East Coast round, if he wins and Chase Sexton gets second, we will have a dead-even tie going into the final round. And I can't remember when that's ever happened before. Close points maybe, but not a dead tie winner take all. So it'll be an interesting race. I've been really impressed with how Shane McElrath has come out. Um, you know, he's known as a good starter. He's won first round several times. And look at the beginning of the series. He won Tampa. Then he got second, I believe, in Arlington and third in Atlanta. He just started going backwards. So to see him win the first race didn't shock me at all. Yeah. But I was impressed that he's been up there for all three. And if it wasn't for that unfortunate uh, contact with the lapper, he probably <laughs> would have been battling with Sexton. Because as I look at their lap times, they were both pretty close. And I think at one point, McElrath was getting a little bit quicker, but Sexton didn't have to push either at that point. Right. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting when they come back. And I think when, when they come back, it's an East race, and then they do the shootout after that, correct? correct. The showdown, yeah. Correct. So, yeah, it's this the championship – 
is coming down. It should be a really awesome final race. I mean, it should be mm-hmm. unless something weird happens. Uh, West mm-hmm. Coast starting up tomorrow night. A lot of co- cool stuff to look forward to in this race, right? We got Fern- uh, Dylan Fernandez coming back. Uh, Forkner's healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But then we got the Lawrence brothers coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what do you think, man? What do you What are your predictions? You think Dylan just keeps walking away and winning this thing all the way out, or what? What? Because I still think he's the best rider in the field. Uh, it's hard to say. I would have to give the uh, the tip of the hat to Ferrandez. I mean, he's won the last two, and we haven't seen them race since all the way back in February eighth at San Diego. So with this whole COVID thing, they've been on a almost a, like a four month break or something like that. So it's going to be interesting to see who's doing what. And you, I haven't seen much of Ferrandez on social media either. I mean, I've seen uh, obviously David Villeman is his trainer and he'll post pictures, but I mean, I've seen a lot of actual videos of Cooper ripping laps and I haven't seen much of that from Dylan. Not saying he's not preparing, but I just don't see anything to know what he's looking like. But I think Ferrandez, I think he's the best one in the class. Um, I do look for Forkner to get up there and start getting a couple wins. I mean, I don't think he's happy with being second place. He is. I think he won the overall in the first triple crown in Glendale, but that's the only win he's got this year. Right. But in the end, I think it's going to be Ferrandez. I did too. I talked to him uh, two weeks ago or so, and uh, he's really hasn't slowed down much. I don't think. I think he mm-hmm. he just hasn't been posting any riding stuff. I think yeah. he's he's going to be ready. Uh, obviously, they're all going to be ready, but I yeah. I expect. Dylan to not necessarily win out, but I think he's going to be, I think he'll retain the points lead all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see Jet and Hunter Lawrence, you know, come up and throw, throw a little kink in everything and see what those boys can do. And it will be mm-hmm. fun for fantasy for sure. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you with Austin. Austin is wiry and he, you know, he's cocky and mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to throw it in there for sure. But hopefully he can, keep the thing on two wheels, you know, and not kind of continue the pattern that we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is true. And, you know, he is known to to get aggressive. And, and he's gone down one in practice in the Wolves earlier this season. So I just hope he can <laughs> keep that under control because uh, I don't want to see any of them get hurt. I want to see this go all the way to the end because it's only 12 points between Ferrandis and, and uh, Austin. So, you know, if Austin can come out and win out, he can pretty much win this thing. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be all three guys are in the fight till the end. So it's just going to be who, who's willing to dig deeper and who's willing to give more. Yeah, you're right. This, this West coast is, is we say, you know, as we like to say, it's deeper, you know, but in the end, you know, who knows how it's going to turn out. Uh, it could, it could lighten up a little bit, but the, the showdown, the showdown is going to be awesome. That's going to play a big part in everything. I think with, guys being in between other riders and team tactics possibly who knows how that's going to fold out but we we're mm-hmm. gearing up for an exciting finals race um how do you like the wednesday races i you know honestly i the two a week it, it's it's hard for us keeping up with all the the media stuff but it's nice only by the time you kind of come down from the high of watching the last race you're ready to go again so as a fan, I enjoy it. I've heard some of the riders like it. Um, I know back in the 90s, they used to do some double headers in Pontiac and stuff like that. Yep. So I'm enjoying it as a fan. But, you know, as a rider, as a mechanic, as a team, it might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I actually haven't heard anybody say that it's too much yet. Uh, 
I pre-recorded the Dean Wilson interview, so you guys listening, that'll be actually coming up after after I get done talking to Ron Dog on here, but I actually have already recorded it, and he really he likes it. He says it's kind of cool, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it's just they're not having to go out and train and, and bust their ass, you know, in the heat of Florida, but they're just like, hey, it's time to go racing again. Now, he seems to like mm-hmm. it, um, you know, and they being in Utah doesn't seem like it's the worst thing either. No, uh, from what I hear, some of the writers saying they could see themselves moving there. And I know <laughs> yeah. I was listening earlier today to your uh, Instagram with uh, Justin Hill, and that's what he said. He yep. likes that momentum and, and just to get back out there and start racing again. So I think the writers like it. I think if it was a regular thing, it might get a little old after a while, being so back-to-back-to-back. But uh, for, for the situation we're in, I'm glad they're making the best they can, and uh, the writers are, I think, enjoying being out there racing again. I think so too, and as fans, you know, not not the media side, but as fans, like you said, it's it's pretty cool to have it a couple of days and be like, oh, like I I literally was you know making my notes earlier for the show, and I went, oh shoot, I got to pick my fantasy team because you know my 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 early fantasy team because it's race tomorrow, you know, we got to be ready. Uh, yeah. So it's like there's not hardly any downtime, and I like it other than the fact that we're not there. I, I hate not yeah. being there. I hear you. I was tempted, you know, seeing everyone doing all their bike rides and all the riders hanging out. I was tempted just to go take a two week vacation, just hang out in park city. <laughs> yeah. Right? I run into them and, you know, yeah. I may not even be at the stadium, but unfortunately yeah. I just can't afford that with the situation I'm in at the moment. I hear that. Um, well, run dog, man. I, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your podcast. Absolutely. Uh, you can just, it's on most of the major podcast systems, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and as well as Anchor, you can just go on there and search Dented Pipe Podcast, and it'll come on up. Uh, you can follow my Instagram at Dented Pipe Podcast, and I'm on Twitter at Ron Dog Racing. Heck yeah, man! Well, it's uh, it's really great having you on for a little bit, and really like seeing the fact that you got so you got some guests on the show the other night that I know you've mm-hmm. been working on for a while. So like Chiz, mm-hmm. Chiz takes a little while to get back to you sometimes, and it, it, obviously he finally did, and I, I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, it was really good, and, and a lot of the guys, you know, it's just a, a great time talking to them. I got Justin Starling coming on this weekend, so uh, looking forward to talking to him, find out how he's feeling after he uh, tried a Michael Lessie speed bump. Yep, but, uh, yep. I was I was really glad to see him get back out there because I did have him on my uh, fantasy, fantasy team, and it seems like every time I pick him, he has a bad night, but he came <laughs> back and won that LCQ and got 14th, which I still think is his best finish for the season. So, yeah, so I'm excited to talk to him and, and glad he's okay. Yeah, me too. I was I was texting with him a little bit, asking where my jersey is because it had it, <laughs> it, do. it never showed up. He's like, "Oh well," he said it, it shipped out, but then I never got it. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll uh, do. I'll make sure I ask that question. All right, Rod Dog. Appreciate you, man. Take care. All right, have a good one. All right, see ya. Bye bye. Appreciate Ron Dog coming on, talking a little moto since DJ TJ couldn't be here. Uh, okay, let's take a commercial break, and we'll be back with Dean Wilson. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, blood lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. 
EJ, TJ, and I trust blood lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get shock socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Cherubies. For decades, Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Cherubies has what you need. So visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian Fullerton know we sent you. Tonight, Cherubies brings us from Rockstar Husky, Dean Wilson. What's up, Dino? Not a lot. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, you know, just coming down off the high of a pretty amazing race, at least watching it on TV Sunday night and knowing there's another one tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I actually really like, kind of like the schedule going going back, um, you know, to the races really, really fast. Um, with no, you know, not a lot of time because, it, you know, it gives you um, – you know, you don't you don't have a lot of time during the week. It's just you're straight back into it. So I like that a lot. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's going to be good, good weather tomorrow, and the dirt's going to be really good as well. Um, you know, so so I'm, I think it's going to be a good day tomorrow for sure. Yeah. So far, so we've had three races, three different conditions, track conditions, three different weather conditions. Uh, I mean, this this whole experiment has been pretty exciting and pretty interesting for you guys to even uh, try to figure out a way to get prepared for. Yeah, no, it's um, it's been interesting for sure. I think the rain threw a little, uh, you know, a little twist into it, which I think is cool. You know, um, obviously the first race was really dry, and and then the second race was a lot better with it being night, you know, the night race, and and you know, and then the third round was a bit. Kind of a mutter, um, but very rutty. So it's cool that we're getting all sorts of different conditions. And, um, yeah, I think I, I'm just stoked that we're racing. It's, it's pretty cool that Supercross has managed to pull this off. And, and, and in Utah as well, it's actually it's pretty beautiful here. 
Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. I, I wasn't one of the media guys that made the cut, so uh, didn't get to come up there and actually check it out. But it seems like it's pretty beautiful and everybody's having a good time. Uh, you mentioned kind of liking the fact that you guys are racing again Wednesday. Um, Dave Prater actually said last night on Pulp, you know, Steve asked him, like, could this be something you guys implement in the future? And Dave said it's not out of the question that they might try to do, you know, just something to consider doing some middle-of-the-week races in the future. Um, for fans, that's awesome, you know, probably for you guys if it's if it works out to be less travel. Uh, but I don't know. I, I definitely don't like it without the fans. It just it seems – lesser right well it's quite funny watching it on tv it's a lot different than when we're racing you know um you know it's just there's no atmosphere it's real quiet and <laughs> it's kind of just all business you know but when it's on tv and you have announcers going it's not that bad but it's, it's actually just really funny being on the start line for the main event and you can literally hear the guy next to you breathing you know like yeah. there's no announcer there's nothing, so kind of interesting, but um, yeah, you know, this will probably be something that will never happen again, you know, with there's no fan feel, so at least, like, I've gotten to experience it, you know, yeah. racing like Supercross, you know, there's no fans, but definitely the fans bring that excitement for sure. Yeah, so you, you mentioned the quiet and hearing the guy breathe, so the, the story goes that, I guess, at the second race, Cooper Webb was... Uh, pushing some buttons trying to kind of maybe uh, antagonize Eli and Kenny a little bit just talking a little smack did you hear any of that no I didn't hear anything really heard anything okay Um, yeah I mean that's the first time I've heard about that what was he doing he was talking smack yeah so apparently right before the race he's like uh basically said something along the lines of you know you hope you mother effers are ready like you know like he was he was coming for him and uh, that was kind of confirmed by a couple of different people that said they heard it. So it was, I, I uh, but I don't know that for, I never heard it from Cooper, but I've heard it from other media sources. Anton and uh, Mathis were talking about it. I think Weege was talking about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard it. <laughs> I'm just in my own lane over there. Yeah. So I don't know, but uh, that's awesome. I love that. I do too. I think that's cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. And that sounds exactly like something Cooper would do, but, um, so you you know you had your injury earlier this year. Um, you know how are you feeling? Like, are you at one hundred percent? Are you still at ninety? Um, I don't think on Supercross races are ever going to be at one hundred percent. You know, um, I just think with how much training and input we always put our bodies through, you're always going to have a low nagging injury or something. It's very rare, you know, that we are always just one hundred percent. So, um. I'm feeling pretty good, and I wish I came into the season like this, but obviously that just wasn't in the cards. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i pretty uh, happy where I'm at and feeling strong again for sure, and I, I'm real happy where I'm at. I, I feel like my speed's good. I just need to get a little bit better start in the main event, and I think uh, my result will be a lot better. So, you know, it's, it's, the class is so stacked. It's important to run run up front with those guys, you know. Yeah, I was going to talk to you about your starts because you, the first race you uh, you didn't start out very well. You you had a good, I think the third race you had a pretty decent start, like maybe top six or seven. Yeah, uh, and you finished sixth. Um, second oh, race, second race, yeah. Okay, so what is it? What do you need to work on? I mean, to get those starts, is it just uh, you know technique, timing? What do you think it is? No, my start um, with the elevation here. I was starting in uh, second gear. 
and um, that was at the first race, and it was it was too uh, with the elevation. It was really just kind of the power was dying off coming out the gate. So for the second race, I went to first gear, and my start was actually really good in the main event. Other than you know, I was top four, which was that's a good start. Top four is good. Yeah, and uh, I was happy with that. So I stuck with that, and then in the heat race, the gates were dry. And I also had a really good start in the heat race, but unfortunately I jumped into tough loss, which is just my error from the rut. And then in the main event, it started raining again, and the gates were super wet. And it was just, you know, I just um, unfortunately spun on the uh, on the grate. So I think my starts will be good these next races if the grate, you know, with, with good weather. Um, and yeah, I think we'll be we'll be fine. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be good weather tomorrow night. So hopefully. Hopefully we'll have another good battle. Um, talk about this last race. So obviously the weather played a huge factor, but uh, I don't know that anybody really knew where they were because there's, you know, you don't have your mechanics out there. You don't really have the position board up, uh, the digital board they sh- where you know where your position is. Uh, some guys are getting lapped twice. M- you know, just a lot of mayhem. Was was last or Sunday night just survival almost? Yeah, again it was. Um, I was just. You know, it's a nice start, which wasn't good. I um, I, I knew, like, just to get around the first three laps on two wheels was important, and then to start to pick them off because, um, you know, I just knew it was uh, that the, the conditions were, were were tough. So, um, yeah, I stayed up the, the first few laps, and then I just started to click them off. But I knew the conditions could catch you at any time with the ruts and stuff, so... Um, I thought like every lap I was getting better, but it was a very, like, man, with this elevation, like, you're really suffering in these main events. Like, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, as much as I suffered during the main events, you know, I'm catching the guys in front of me, so obviously they're, they're, they're suffering as well, you know, that the elevation's just not giving you as much oxygen, and um, it's making the races really tough. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, one of the tough parts is, is racing in this elevation. But, um, yeah, it's, it's the same for everybody, you know. Yeah, I, you know, other than, like, I guess Eli and Jeremy Martin, who have been training somewhat at elevation, it's we knew it was going to be a struggle. You kind of hear the, the stories that, oh, f- within a few days you adjust or, you know, I, mean, I guess that's the sickness side of it. But um, we definitely see everybody's kind of slowing down towards the end of the moto or the, the heats, the mains. The first race was yeah. 29 freaking laps. And I think the second one was like 26 or 27. Um, yeah. Do you think they should maybe have, with this situation that you guys are in, being up there, maybe have dropped it back and said, all right, we're going to do go back to 20 laps or say 22 laps? Or I mean, because 29 laps on that track, especially the first race, was just – it was horrible. Uh, the conditions were horrible. Yeah, that, 29 laps definitely way too long, man. It's a small stadium floor, so, I mean, they do the best they can with what we have, you know, but, um, you know, um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's just, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, because I, I'm not against going for shorter races um, for 20 laps, but at the same time, sometimes, like, I'll be making my passes in these races at the very end, you know, so I like the longer oh, races. Right, right. So, I'm kind of in the middle, like, I don't really mind the same for everybody, but, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely tough up here for sure. 
Um, so we talked about no fans. What about not having your mechanic there at the gate with you, uh, whether it be for the motivational side, maybe to hand you a bottle of water when you're waiting for the gate to drop, whatever, you know, just has that been uh, difficult? Has that been odd? How are you adjusting to that? Um, yes, it's separate. Um, it keeps it just very, it keeps the racing just like very mellow, you know, like it's like you're back at amateurs again, like you're rolling up to the start gate by yourself, you know, it's kind of funny, but, um, I don't mind it. it, It's kind of my vibe, honestly, like just no pressure, just, you know, roll up to the gate and race. I like that. I don't really like the whole big build up of, you know, a motivational speech before I go out. I just like to go out, be loose and, and do my best and have fun. And that's what works best for me. So yeah, the whole no mechanic thing, um, it's fine with me. Okay. Start game. That's yeah. I, I didn't even really consider that side of it, that you are kind of more of a lighthearted guy. Uh, we see that from your social media and your videos and you, you like to have a good time. So I can kind of see where that maybe not, I don't know. I was going to say make it not so serious, but that's not really the right way to put it, but just a little light, more lighthearted without the, the, pressure i could see that being a benefit for you that's interesting um yeah yeah what have you been doing uh what have you been enjoying up there in utah i see a lot of guys mountain biking and that kind of stuff have you done anything gone and had any fun is sarah up there with you hanging out doing some cool stuff um yeah i mean nothing too crazy you know just mountain biking you know on the on the days that i can and then just kind of just really try to make it as homey and as, com- as comfortable as possible. Uh, we have an Airbnb. We're in about 10 minutes from the stadium. And, uh, you know, we're just going to the gym and, uh, yeah, just kind of making ourselves at home here. So it's beautiful with the snow in the mountains right now. It's, it's really cool. It's a, it's, it's a nice kind of change of pace. And, you know, I've been in Florida where it's really hot and humid. So yep. definitely a nice change. And, um, yeah, I think uh, – um, I mean, I haven't really been doing anything too exciting other than just mountain biking at Park City one day, which is cool. But it's, it's beautiful up here, and it's just definitely a nice change of pace. And it's, it's not definitely not the worst place to be having these races, that's for sure. Right, yeah, a whole lot better than the, uh, the one of the other possibilities they, they came up with, which was St. Louis. I, I think that would be one of the least favorite places people to go spend three weeks. Yeah, yeah, that, that may have not been the best. Right. But, uh, we're we seem to make, be making it work pretty good here, yeah. so pretty stoked on, uh, yeah, how, how it's all going. Hey, so before I let you go, uh, the team is doing pretty well. Zacho and Jason have had some really good finishes. Zach, I mean, led a bunch of laps. Jason got a third the other night. Uh, your team always very supportive. Uh, one of the few teams that went with three riders, you know, to keep you on board. We talked about that a little bit last year. Um I don't expect you to give me any answers, but the rumor is that Bobby Hewitt may not be involved right now. Uh, how is just the team atmosphere? Is it still the same, pretty pretty strong and fun, and you guys get along well? Everything's good? Yeah, everything's good. We're all getting along well, and, uh, yeah, same old deal. You know, we all uh, keep the racing on the track, and that's what's important. So yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting having, you know, three, four, fifty guys on there, and I'm very lucky to have that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, team chemistry is, is always awesome, though. We, we, we try to, you know, keep it all on the track and keep keep it light, and uh, that's all we can do, you know? Yeah, well, I think it's one of the more fun places to come visit when I get to come to races because you guys 
are uh, always entertaining for sure yourself and Zach especially and you know Jason sometimes kind of shies away from the media but when you get a chance to visit with him he's a pretty funny guy too so I can imagine it's good times almost all the time yeah uh well Dean yeah, man not for sure. yeah I appreciate you taking some time for us tonight um good luck tomorrow night let's get that be- that better start and get it on the box bro that's it thanks a lot thanks for having me appreciate it yes sir Dean take care and I'll uh I'll talk to you soon Definitely. All See right. you guys. Bye. All right. Thanks to Dean Wilson for coming on for a little bit. Always fun to talk to. Uh, hey, so like I said, we've talked about, you know, TJ can't always be in here. I'm kind of interested in what you guys think because, to be honest, I want to I want to make him feel a little guilty. I know he's trying to earn a living for some reason. He seems to think that's more important than the show, uh, which, you know, I get it, but we're still going to bust his balls, right? So, let me know. I, I want you guys to kind of reach out to him at Racing for the Sun, uh, S O N, Racing for the Sun, S O N, and give him some crap. You know, bust him up on Instagram because I would much rather have him in here when he can be. And it kind of bums me out when he's not. It, uh, not like I'm mad at him or anything, but it's, 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 it's a lot more fun to have him in here to go back and forth and talk smack with him and get his views on things. One thing I know he wanted to talk about was, uh, fantasy. In one of our leagues that he's in, he is actually leading our league, which uh, basically tells you how crappy everybody else is doing. Typically, our buddy JT Cooley is killing it, and he's had a rough year this year, but uh, TJ's pretty stoked. He wanted to come on tonight. He thought he was going to make it in and brag that he's winning this league, but you know he's not here, so you suck, J- uh, TJ. Anyway, you guys, uh, yeah, just feel free to reach out to him on Instagram. Give him a hard time. Talk smack. Uh, I did finish, like, top 50 this week in fantasy of overall. I don't know how. I think I got two – jeez, I can't remember. Don't remember, but I did well. It's the best I've probably ever done, so I was pretty stoked. And this is the, one of the first times where I was like, none of my riders are going to do well. This is going to be horrible. And it was actually the best I've ever done. So I'm going to implement that this week or this win tomorrow night. And just pick guys that I expect absolutely nothing out of and see how that goes. So, all right, going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Ryan Brees. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. 
Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and when I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Men goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has many lines of oil to fit all your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com, and don't forget to use promo code MOTOX to support the show. Up next, brought to you by Blood Lubricants, Mr. Ryan Brees. What up? How goes it, my man? It goes good, dude. I uh, I was just talking to Dean Wilson a little bit ago and another one of my buddies that does another podcast. I'm like, dude, we got another race tomorrow night. Like, it's already here. It's awesome. Another one is happening. Yeah. How do you like that? How do you like having them uh, twice a week? I think we all can agree that two paychecks during the week is <laughs> all right, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'll tell you, my hands sweat every single day. Yeah, really? It's stressful. Okay, why why is it more stressful is it just the intensity of racing or you know what tell me what it is i believe yeah just the intensity like knowing that we're gonna we only have a three-day recovery and trying to get our body completely ready to go again so we can go bang our heads on the wall and try to get (laughs) into the mains and get another paycheck you know what i mean yeah so typically you know during the week like you said you'd have some a recovery day probably uh, maybe I'll, I don't know exactly what your training program is, but you would have some days of riding and practicing where you try to at least mimic race pace a little bit. Is that still much less intense than going out and actually, I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but then actually going to a race. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would have to say I completely changed my whole entire schedule from over here. So you're right. Like we would at least before this COVID-19 thing and the restart of the plan, we would, obviously get a, a couple recovery rides in and some gym sessions in just to keep on getting our body used to what a race day schedule would be like on Saturdays. But now it's, we've completely just rearranged our whole entire schedule and um, just trying to really acclimate my body. I've been having a rough time being over here, kind of getting sick and whatnot, but it's a complete different process for sure. I, I mean, it's a whole new experience for all of us, I'm sure. And uh, you know, we still got four weeks to try to figure this thing out. <laughs> four weeks? Is that what you just said? Yeah, four weeks. Uh, I guess four races. It yeah. seems like it's way too long over here. That's right, sure. okay. I was like, uh, am I missing something? Four weeks? We might be outdoors almost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you guys are probably. But no, whatever. Uh, four races? Yeah. Two weeks, I say? Yeah, two weeks. All right. Right. I'm with you. I knew what you meant. But, yeah, so you have <laughs> definitely been one of the guys that have struggled uh, I believe you pulled off the first race. Or you had you had some altitude sickness the first race, right? Yeah, I did. And it's crazy. I mean, I want to post a picture with my vomit all over, but Ugh. I know my sponsors aren't going to be happy with it. You know, <laughs> that's what's sad. 
Uh, it's just, I can't control it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like five minutes into the race and I'm trying to get that full breath and, you know, I'm trying to get some lung capacity in and it just, I start vomiting or puking, but you know, we're trying to get a control on this thing. I feel like it's not just me that I'm going through this. I know a lot of other riders are going through this as well, but yeah. Tyler Bowers has mentioned it for sure, and I know some other guys are struggling with it, but Bowers is one also that said, you know, typically you hear that you hear going into this, like, oh, four days and your body adjusts pretty much, but um, some, of you, some of you guys are not adjusting really, or, you know, you, and you're still, I guess, you mentioned off air that you uh, you moved from the Airbnb down to a, a motel that was, or a hotel that was a little lower altitude because you're feeling crappy all the time, not just race day. Yeah, not just race day, like two days after the race too, you know, still just not recovering and being to where I know where I should be. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we train for this every single day. So it's just a, a complete different unnecessary thing that we have to go through. But you know what? It's it's going to be paying our bills at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, you know, it's it's your job and like I go to work sometimes sick and not feeling good. And sometimes you guys have to race that way, unfortunately, uh, being an elite athlete and doing something that's such high intensity and having health issues during that time makes it probably much more difficult than me having a cold at work. But, um, but you're, I mean, you're getting through it, dude. You made a couple mains the last two, um, you know, and it's, it's cool seeing you out there. Uh, we have, we have some incidents I want to talk about with the third race that I want to talk to you about. But, um, before we do that, do you like the way the series is going? I know, we just talked about the intensity of races, you know, and, and finding that race intensity on a Wednesday or whatever. But, you know, let's say it wasn't Utah. Let's say it was, you know, a, a race that wasn't so high altitude in 2021. Would you like to see a couple of races in the middle of the week just to do something different and not travel so much? Uh, for me, I think I would just kind of like a regular schedule. Okay. Saturday, Saturday race. Yeah. But at the same time, I do really appreciate Feld and the whole AMA crew who have put on the Supercrosses so we can finish out this whole entire series and crown a champion. I mean, it's cool from an outsider as well looking in on this. Like, you know, we want Tomac or Webb or Roxon to get a championship as well. we got to keep this sport going. And it's cool seeing that they wanted to make sure that we did finish out the, these rounds. So, I think that's we do really appreciate that, uh, but I think in in the years coming up, I feel like just having a regular schedule would just benefit everybody, really. You know? Yeah, well, I, I really don't expect them to change it. Uh, the only reason I asked that is Mathis asked Dave Prater last night on his show, you know, just if there was any chance of that happening, and Prater said, "Well, you know, nothing's out of the question. It's certainly something they would look at." And I I think the teams, I don't know, that the teams would love it, other than not having to travel. I think that's the one highlight that most of the riders hate the most is getting on a plane so often and traveling. And that would at least take that away. Maybe one week of a, you know, of series or whatever, just who knows? I mean, as a fan, I love it because I'm sitting at home. I don't, I didn't get to come to the races. And like I said, we just got done racing Sunday night and I was sitting here taking, making my notes for the show tonight and thought, Oh crap, I better get in there and make my, my pre fantasy picks because we got another race tomorrow night. Just clicking off races like that. Yeah. No, I, I do see I do see like that. It would be working good. Yeah. And also for funds and sponsors wise, that that would make total sense if we were just at a at a stationary spot where we could just bust some races out. But I, I do feel for the for these riders and since I am one and being in the series right now, twenty first, it's it's brutal on your body. Yeah, I can sure. see that, man. I mean shit, any race is brutal on my body these days, but I, I... <laughs> 
I, I hear where you're coming from. What do you think about uh, the the no fans in the stands and the quiet? You know, to me, I've never obviously I've never raced up for a Supercross, but I've been to a Supercross. I've been to concerts. When the crowd starts making noise, it's really really hard not to get fired up. So as a racer on the line and it's quiet, what's that like? It is definitely a little awkward, I should say. You know, just not having that spark of energy that you have normally. So the intensity is kind of dropped for a second. Right. But obviously when the gate drops, it's time to race. And you don't really put your mind to that. Maybe the top guys, I would say, they would feel that a little bit more. Because in a gnarly pass, you do hear the action. You know? Yeah. But... Like for me, I really don't notice it too too much. I'm just I'm just glad that we're racing and we're ready for it. But um, I would I would just say like it's almost like you know how we're going out for our free practices and there's no and our, our time practices and there's no fans or anything. Sure, sure. Kind of you know just kind of repetitive like that. Yeah, I, I guess I see that, but it just takes to me it takes away that that rock and roll atmosphere of the the flames and the, the crowd and, you know, all the, the cool stuff that makes Supercross, to me, what it is. Mm, excuse me. Um, I asked Dino this a little while ago. So, apparently, at round two, uh, Cooper Webb was on the line kind of talking some shit with Eli and Kenny. Did you happen to overhear any of that? Do you Are you even aware? I'm out of that. No, wow. don't know anything. Don't, don't know anything. That's what Dean said, too. But I, I don't know if I believe him now. The, the way you say it, I definitely don't believe you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what goes down on the line. I'm just ready to race in the gate drop. All right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, let's talk about your uh, your race this last Sunday night. So, leading leading the LCQ, I'm cheering for you, and for some reason you pull a bonehead on the last lap, dude. What what the hell? Oh, you know, I I want to I say that to my to myself so much, and, and looking <laughs> at the race at the end, watching yeah. that that was like, what are you doing? You know? Um, I would just have to say like, I can't, I don't have energy. Okay. And it's sad. It's sad, but like you could really see in the heat race, I mean, three or four minutes in, I'm like trying to, trying to gasp my air and yeah. I don't have it. And I start to vomit, you know? So it's super hard. I'm just, and I'm really just the last three races I've just been riding around trying to getting, trying to get into the main event. But that was that was pretty nerve wracking. So like five laps in, I got all squirrely, and I had seen those guys coming for me, and I knew Freddie was he was maybe three or four. I picked that bike up so flipping fast. I don't know if I even blinked. Right. Um, and unfortunately, we kind of tangled there in the last lap. Well, but it was either him or I. You yeah, know? it's LCQ, dude. You got to do what you got to do. And- it's the camera went away from you. I don't know if you've watched it back. It, pretty much as soon as you fell, the camera went away from you. And my first thought was, "Oh shit, he doesn't have E start." God, I hope he held the clutch yep. in. You know, like I was like this, and yeah. I, you know, I've seen you when you you've had a bad moment, and I was like, "Oh, this could go. He could be really unhappy here in a minute." But <laughs> then the camera yep. the camera went back to you and Freddie, and I was like, "Oh, here we go!" And it was it was uh I was you know I, I've kind of got to a point where i feel like you're one of my buddies you know so i was i was pulling for you man and it was it was exciting but i was also when you started huckabucking as emig would say in the in the whoops i was i was a little worried yeah that was definitely nerve-wracking i think <laughs> i felt that you know what i mean um 
I don't want the old, I told the old lady to throw those undies away. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, but uh, no, I was able to pull it together, and, and luckily, you know, um, I did have a little bit of energy. Like each weekend is getting better, that's or good. each race, not weekend. Sorry, Wednesday, Sunday is getting better. Sure, but it's still noticeable. So, you know, I think we've changed a few things over the time of being here in Salt Lake City, and um, you know, I think it's we're gonna see a big change coming. It's just the doctors have told me you need a couple more days. No, so that's what we're on. We're on a, that couple more days or that that next race. Yeah, that's that's good though. That at least you're noticing and get a little better. Uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, there's still well, I'd say unfortunately there's still four races left. But maybe if you're getting better, fortunately there's still races four races races left, and you you know maybe can start moving up the the podium not the podium necessarily, but moving up the the lineup a little bit and keep making those mains and keep making some uh, some extra money so you can buy McKenna some nice stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal, you know. Um, I don't race stuff. outdoors. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't really race outdoors. I never really have the the chance to on a team or anything. So um, this is kind of where I make my funds and my money for for what I do in the summer. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm pretty much just taking full advantage of how they restarted this this last rounds. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of really excited to see what my outbreak is, you know, you have a, you have a breakout ride one of these times and I've just, you know, I've been working my butt off to not to wait and see, but I'm trying to earn this as, as hard as I can. Well, yeah. And I see that. I mean, I see your improvements and, you know, there's, there's some races where I see, I see your, what you have, you know, and there's like lately, obviously you've been sick and it's been a struggle and I think everybody knows that, but Dude, it just as long as you keep working and you're, it's gonna come, man. I I, I fully believe that. Um, I was gonna ask you, oh, about Carno. So, Carnal, uh, he's kind of one of my buddies too. And because of your, you had a little incident in the heat race. I guess at the very least, you let Carnal get in, which I think that was his first main. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know how. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, it they, is what it is. They didn't show uh, it on TV, so I don't really know. I heard some guys talking about uh, like JT, Jason Thomas was talking about it, but I don't really know what happened. Yeah. Well, I just, just literally the last, the last lane just rolled the whole, every single lane, all the, all the deals, no clutch. But uh, I can't make, I can't, I can't just make an excuse like that because that looks dumb, you know, <laughs> but I fried my clutch and then uh, he had got around me and I wasn't going to T-bone him or hit him like. I tr- I was showed him a wheel, mm-hmm. didn't even didn't even barely touch him, and uh, I fell down okay. in the mud, and that's I, the bike wouldn't even run it, couldn't go after that actually. Really, but just because the no clutch. Excuse. Good job, good job on Carnau for that two fifty main event. Uh, for sure, that won't ever happen again. <laughs> you gave you him know? his one. You, you gave him his one. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that. You know, there's got to be something up when that happens. Sorry, no, no bad talk or anything. No, but, no, you know, I, I get it. Uh, we're kind of at a different level, and so, um, yeah, it's that's kind of how that race went. And um, the mechanic went through the bike, changed a new clutch. Mm-hmm. What what else do we have to do? We we changed a couple other things, um, and then we got a whole shot in the LCQ and, and made work. Yeah, you know, and it's Hep is uh, Hep's kind of becoming one of the top uh, LCQ teams, unfortunately. But at least, you know, your guys you typically are getting it done. You know, not Adam didn't make it in this week. But, um, you know, everybody talks about the, the Suzuki's being a little bit, bit behind the eight ball necessarily on technology. 
But I think you guys are, are making them work, you know, and you're getting in the main events. So you really can't be too unhappy, especially with the, the health issues. So, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not unhappy at all. Like the ATP Motorsports Suzuki team has fully backed me since yep. I have became the fill-in rider for Max Hansby, and they provided everything and all that I could ask for. Um, we had a setting that was, you know, that was tolerable for me that I could at least ride, and that's kind of what we stuck with. I haven't changed anything since. Um, just running the same suspension settings, and that's kind of what we're running. Just trying to really finish off this series and and maybe be top twenty. I'm fighting with my teammate uh, for 21st and 20th right now, like 10 points down. Uh, but, you know, I do have a solid team behind me, and, and that's what I have to be super thankful for. Absolutely. I think Dustin uh, Dustin's doing his best to, uh, you know, help you guys out and, and have another team in the pits that where they're, that's competitive, man. I mean, I told him a couple years ago, I think it's great. I like seeing teams like that and, you know, the, the Rock River Cycle Trader team and, Moto concepts. We need teams to have places for riders, and Dustin's making a a showing, man. And I think it's great to have you guys there. Uh, last thing I want to ask you before I let you go, and I don't I don't know if I've texted you about this, but I started this new uh, segment called Rider Die with riders and their chicks. Um, okay. So what it is, we go on Instagram Live, and it's kind of like the newlywed game. So I would I would send you some questions about McKenna, and I'll send McKenna some questions about you. And then we go live and see if your answers match up, basically, if that makes sense. So um, I'd love to get you and McKenna on sometime, you know, in the next couple of weeks, maybe, and try to do that. Yeah, let's do it. I'm all about it. All right. Well, I'll text you about it. We'll get that thing lined up. But as far as the interview tonight, I appreciate you coming on. And, dude, I hope to uh, see some improvements tomorrow night, you know, health-wise. Not, you know, I just want to see you get better and better, man. I'm always pulling for you. I appreciate that, and that's really like our, our next step in the right direction. You know, we have to really inch forward on on becoming a health factor now, yep. and then results will come. So, you know, hopefully we see that. But I appreciate you having me on, and always um, for all you fans and listeners, go follow at RyanBree71 on Instagram because we all know that this is a popularity contest these days. <laughs> yeah, that's that's somewhat. I lack a bit. All right, well, that, and that's not fair. Yeah, we need to get, let people get to know you better uh, because you're you're a fun dude, man. I always enjoy talking to you in the pits. Uh, you you're always laughing, almost always laughing. I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you're smiling, yeah, you're laughing. Yeah, point nine, I like that. <laughs> Do, uh, sure. Yeah, I, well, in all the times I've seen you, only one time were you not happy, and it didn't last very long. Like it, you were, you know. So I had to leave you alone for like an hour, and I came back, and you were fine. There we go, real quick. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, that was it. It was awesome. So, Ryan, thanks, man, and uh, good luck tomorrow night. No problem, Bob. All right, see you, bud. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Yeah, go follow Ryan Breeze 71. He's cool, dude. If you don't follow him already and you're not really, you know, he's he's a good fantasy pick, Um, he's and he's just a good dude. I, just, I know you guys hear me say all the time. I, I like him a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, okay, let's take another commercial break, and we'll be back with Aaron. God, I hope I say this right. Mrozek? Again, if I'm not saying it right, we're going to find out in a minute, and uh, we'll be back with him in just a few minutes. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. 
So like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dudes, Trey. I wear fly you wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today. All right, next up, our next guest is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, and John Short. Visit xbrand.com or email me, darksidemx3 at AOL, for pricing. But tonight, X-Brand brings us Moto Concepts, Bullfrog, Smart Top Mechanic, Aaron Rosek. What's up, dude? What's going on, Darkside? It's all good. It's all good on my end. Yeah, you guys uh, having a good time up there in Utah? You and Footnick? Yeah, we're we're having a good time. We're uh, we're uh, we're all bunking in a big house, and me and Nick are right next to each other, so we're pretty much together the whole time. Yeah, exploring Utah. Are are you a single guy? No, I'm not. Okay, well then, I was no. going to ask if the ladies had to be where up there in Utah with you and Nick McCampbell out on the town. Well, Nick's making his moves, but I'm <laughs> I'm staying back and giving my wisdom. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, let's get a little bit of your history, man. So, how did you get involved in the motor industry? At, you know, as a child, did you? I, I assume you rode and raced and turned your skills towards mechanicing. Give us a little bit of your background. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't really get into moto until um, I was about like 16 years old. Uh, my family didn't do any motorcycle, dirt bike, stuff like that at all. My grandpa rode Harley, so that was, like, kind of my start of, like, liking motorcycles. And then, like, I lived in it, like, right on the edge of the city, so I had always watched the dirt bikes, like, fly by, and I just thought it was so cool. And then eventually, um, I talked my dad into buying me one. I actually went, I bought, like, a trail bike, and then I went to... They gave me free Supercross tickets with that bike, and uh, <laughs> so I went to the Vegas Supercross. And then, like, we and before it was even over, I was like, "All right, yeah, we got to go get a real bike. Like, this is this trail bike ain't gonna cut it now. Like, this is cool stuff." Yeah. And, and then, um, and how old, how, old you you th- how old did you say you were? How old did you say you were then? Probably uh, maybe sixteen years old. It was two thousand eight. Okay. Season one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um. 
so yeah, ever since then, I started riding more, and we had a cafe, which I would go to a lot, and eventually I found it that, like, I'm just riding to get this thing dirty so I can clean it, like, I had more fun with that, and then I started getting into it, and I actually turned a different direction for a while, though, when I graduated high school, I, went, I was going to be a cook, and I got pretty good at that, I started even traveling for that, because I competed in, in it, so I got pretty far in that, and then one day I was like, I ride dirt bikes, actually, so I kind of stopped doing that and moved to Phoenix and went to MMI and spent my time there for two years, and while I was there, I uh, basically just put in my resume to every team that was out there, and Moto Concepts was one that got back to me, and JGR, oh, okay. and at that time, I was like, hey, I just want to watch bikes, like, yeah, so fun, like, and then, um, but I couldn't actually take the deals because I wasn't completed with my MMI courses yet, so I was going to lose money that way if I did, and which is kind of weird, but right, um, I try to get me in there, but how do, no, I can't. <laughs> how do you feel about MMI? Because you know, I hear two sides of this, the story sometimes that really they gear you more towards uh, working in a, a dealership, and then you have uh, a few other of the, the other schools that really are moto related, but did, did Emma, are you impressed? Are you happy with what you learned from MMI? Um, don't get me wrong. I was straight green. I knew nothing about even the differences between two strokes and four strokes when oh, I showed wow. up. And like, well, I mean, I, I knew one sounded cool. I didn't really know why, <laughs> why they were different. I knew they were different. But, um, so I got there and yeah, I learned a lot of the basics. There's actually like a nine-week course that's just straight book list right when you get there. And I could say that was very valuable to me. But the rest of the hands-on stuff, I can't say it wasn't valuable, but yeah, it was very dealership-specific and, and it's just jamming a lot at one time, so it's hard to really learn that way. But yeah. it was definitely, it, it was close enough to a shop atmosphere to really feel if you liked it and if you you could be better or worse at it and it's a good direction. Okay. Hey, just so you know, your phone is kind of going in and out where, like, it's really hard to hear you at times. I don't I don't know. If okay, it, I'm sorry. Is that good right now? Yeah, it's pretty good. It was just a minute ago, okay. it got real low, but I could fix that. But, um, so sorry about that. You said, now you said, how did you get involved with Moto Concepts? Explain that again. So then, yeah, so then later on, uh, when I did graduate, I sent out that same email, just like, hey, I graduated now. Um, this, like, I'm ready when you are, if you guys wanted to, whatever. And then um, about a month went by, and Tony Lexi called me late at night and was like, hey, can you go to Canada with us next week? And I was like, oh, um, sure, I can. <laughs> and then um, I showed up. as actually the last Vegas round, because that's where I'm from. So it was easy. I, just, I went over there to do my little trial trial period or race, whatever you want to call it. Right. It went well, and so I went to California the next day, and that was my last day off, by the way. And then um, <laughs> um, we went to Canada. That I hopped in the truck and lived in it for three months in Canada. I was just like a helper at the time, and two two rounds in, I think they had a fallout with most of the mechanics or something. I was too new to really know why or what, or, but I ended up like, hey, can you work for Michael Vesey this weekend? And I was like, oh, okay. Like, wow. I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, I'll do it. Like, And then... Um, Thrown to the wolves. Yeah, it was like, here you go. Hopefully you're good at it. And, and it turned out really good, actually. We went 1-1 in Calgary. And the rest was history. I worked for Mike for about 
three years after that, roughly. Right. And then, then I worked with Wyman for a year, and then I worked with Justin Brayton, and then now I'm working with Ben Freezy. And that was all on the Moto Concepts team, so, like, all of my mechanic work is all under this tent. Yeah, leave it to Tony Alessi to, you know, you know, maybe kind of take a chance on somebody, right? And know what he, – he's a smart dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the idea of this team. And and it's – I don't want to say it's easier to get a job through us than it is the other teams, but it's, it's easier to access us as a team, I think. And so we give a lot of people chances. And if you could do it, cool. If you can't, you can't. And then, like, every, every mechanic we've had here that we've hired – um, has started first time mechanic and either make it or you don't. And if you can make it here on this team, it's, I mean, you're you're tough for the job. Like you pass the test yeah. pretty well. How how was working with Berludi a couple years ago? He's a legend. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I always like dreamed of it. Actually, funny story with Berludi. I had a couple um, family friends at the time that like when I first kind of get, got interested in moto. They were like, hey, I know this mechanic for the race, and I could have you meet him and see what he thinks, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I, he took me over to Baluti's house. I was probably 16 or so, and I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And he basically actually was like, uh, good luck, buddy. Like, You could try, but you probably won't. I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, I didn't take it. I get it. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I know it's hard. And then um, <clears throat> I, that's the last time I spoke to him. And I didn't really know who it was at the time. Yeah. I, mean, I knew he was like, a badass, but I didn't know what was going on. And, and then um, when we first started, I didn't, I didn't really mention it for a few weeks. And then eventually, I was like, hey, you remember this guy that took a little kid over to your house and we talked about mechanics? He's like, yeah, I didn't know about that. That was, that was me. Oh, that's that was awesome. Me. <laughs> so it was, it was like really cool to like. That's what I looked up to when I first started getting into it, and then to be able to look over and see him working on the bike next to me, or him asking me questions. Or, Vice versa, is this really, really cool experience to work with them. Yeah, was there anything in particular, maybe any one thing that stood out that you, you saw him do that you kind of took into your own routine or that you learned from him? Actually, yes. Um, so every time that he needs to get apart or physically get up and go do that, he jogs there. And so I kind of picked that up. And it just helps when you're on your feet all day, just kind of keep your blood flowing and it just gets it just keeps your your work pace a lot faster and he picked it up and I actually started kinda of making fun of him for it and doing <laughs> it and then eventually I kinda of like, Oh, this is actually kinda of nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um Yeah, something different. So what's it like working you, you mentioned a few of the different riders you worked with, Michael Lessi, uh Freezy and Brayton, uh and Weimer. What what are a couple things that you find that these riders are particular about? You know, I mean, different riders are particular about different things, but some of them are really weird about certain things. Is there anything that stands out that you thought this is strange or this is excessive? Um, well, Mike, he always he was pretty natural going. If anything, he was the opposite. He'd always come and be like, I want to try this, and it was a completely different bar setup or something, and then it, it worked. And then the next week, like, I want to try this now, and then it worked again. And it's like, oh, okay. So okay. He didn't really have a select thing. He likes his rear brake really tall. I'm sure you heard that. Mike Leslie is a big thing for him. And then um, Weimer, he was the easiest going guy I've had. He was rides the bike and shred. And then um, Brayton, he, let's see, what did he like? He had, he had a couple of cool things on his bike. I'm sure he still has it now. He had a, 
he was really pick. I don't like these are picky, but they have preferences of particular. Yeah, of like he he wanted his grips equal thickness, so we could mill down our throttle tubes to make him as thick as the left grip. Ah, okay. Stuff like that, and he was really picky with his bar setup. Uh, sorry, he's picky again, but no, that's fine. Um, he uses bar setup. He'd always like you know if he came in, he's like, I want to bump my bars up a little bit forward. And you know you're going to have a good day with him. You know he's going to get on the whoops and go fast. Like, that's his, like, hey, I'm going to go fast today. Let's move these bars up. Like, that was something with him. And he really liked the, like, Brayton had a really, I'd say Brayton was this one. Brayton had the most different bike to what we I'm accustomed to. He had a really low back end, and it was a dead shock for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that helped him in the whoops. He really liked it. And when you usually talk to suspension guys for him, they're all like, this is way different than normal. But I believe he kind of went away from that now. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. um, So you talked about, you know, obviously basically being very green in the beginning, going to MMI. And uh, at this point, are you a guy that can tear down, like pretty much do anything on a bike? I know we hear the story. A lot of the mechanics are basically, you know, they're like, ah, they're parts changers now. You know, the old school mechanics say they're just parts changers now. Can you tear a motor down? Can you tear a suspension down? Can you pretty much do everything if you had to? Oh, yeah, I could do all that stuff. I mean, even, I mean, I even take my dirt bike skills into my own life. Like, with, I have an Astro van that I like to work on, and it's junker. <laughs> but okay. I, took all the heads, I took all the heads off and everything just right before I left, and, like, that came from all my dirt bike stuff. Like, I could do all this stuff in my sleep now, unfortunately, because I've done it so much. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, it's all, and I try to tell all the mechanics that come in here, just do it. And if you mess it up, you mess it up. Like, there's only one way to learn it. And all every part has its place. So if, as long as you take it off, put it back, and do everything, inspect while you're doing it. And if something seems weird, ask. And yeah. It's all way simpler than it looks. <laughs> It seems it would be stressful, I think, because you do kind of have those those riders, you know, it may be a little drastic, but to some degree you have their lives in your hands, right? If you miss something, it, it could go bad, and you have to really focus on that. But uh, I think a lot of you guys seem to thrive off that high intensity and that, that uh, pressure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's something that you get better with as a mechanic. Is when I have, like, the first two years, every time a bike was on track, it's a panic. Like, it's like, oh, gosh, like a full 30, here we go. Like, right, right. But, like, it took a while for me to really lose that stress when it goes on the bike and gain a confidence on with your motorcycle. Um, but 100%, that stress is always there. You just try not to think of it. Just make sure you double-check everything. and it, it becomes pretty natural to where it, it goes well, usually. Right. <laughs> it's usually something going wrong. Well, Never. Ideally, it's nothing coming loose. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always like someone crashed, or Vince is crashing into everyone, so <laughs> things are breaking. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna leave that one alone. Uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> I mean, everyone knows who Vince is. I mean, it is what it is. Right. Um, so I've talked to a bunch of the riders, you know, about the being up in Salt Lake City for the last couple weeks, and you got what four more races, two two races a week, basically. Uh, from the mechanical side, being you know out there, 
What do you think, man? Do you like it? Do you like racing Sundays and Wednesdays, or do you? Is it tough to get the the builds done? Uh, the, you know, I don't know how often you're breaking down the bikes right now, but what's it been like for you as a mechanic? It's it's give and take. Like it's it's fun racing every day and getting it done, but it's definitely everyday work. Like when the this Wednesday to. No, Sunday to Wednesday turnaround is a lot quicker feeling than vice versa, because um, basically you race on Sunday, Monday you're building, and then Tuesday you're, it's the day before the race. So you got to do your final checks, or depending on the schedule, do a tech inspection, and then you're racing again. And then after that, you're tearing it apart again. So it's definitely constant and everyday type of work. Um, I'm not sure if it's better or not because. Here, our team with our riders, they aren't practicing in between. So now I don't have practice days in between or a second bike to worry about. Okay. It's, it's mainly I could just keep focus on one bike. And as you go and you do it so often, you get better at it. And working out of the truck so constant is a little different for all of us. So you come up with better programs and systems to it to get it done quicker it's kind of fun like especially with it's like just your industry guys all here doing work it's, it's just kind of cool yeah i can see that you know at least you don't have to tear the tent down at the end of the night yeah it's, it feels pretty weird because you used to always the day before the race it's setting up a tent so like now you're kind of like well what do i do but right. you can always find something go, go out and have dinner man go find some barbecue or some steak or something Oh, we have been doing stuff, and we've all been, like I said, we're all in one Airbnb for the team, so we've all been cooking dinners every night and awesome. having the little team dinners. and It's been fun overall. It's it's definitely definitely a different experience. I always say, like, the day after the race is the best part because it's just the coolest. It's like just the, like, you're working on your bike, and you look up, and you see Lars, and you see Goose, <laughs> and working next to you and just in the parking lot in Indy, and it's pretty cool just to see that stuff and now it's constantly that all day the same idea like in a normal saturday race you have about 30 minutes before the race where the pits actually clear out of fans and it's all the people that were there working all day and it just gets that pre-race vibe it's it's just kind of constant that's cool man i'm glad you guys are having a good time I, I i hate i keep saying i hate that i wasn't one of the ones that made the cut but is what it is i man. don't know Wearing this mask, it's pretty old. You I bet. Yeah, but you guys are missing out on your donuts, dude. Yeah, I know. You're right. I've been, I've been, I've been relying on that too much, I guess, because I would get here. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, Aaron, man, I appreciate you uh, having a little bit of time for us tonight, and um, it was really cool. I, I've never had you on here before, and I don't know why I kept putting it off. I apologize for that, but. Um, no, no worries. I'm not usually a very talkative guy, so these help me get better at that. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad that you did it, and uh, I definitely want to get you on here again. Maybe we'll, we'll talk some more, do some stories, kind of some pressure situations you've been in or whatever, and we'll, we'll definitely get you on here again. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I've, I've been with this team, and it's a very, very uh, in-the-news team, so i got a lot of stories, too. We'll, we'll definitely do that then. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe uh, – you know, two or three. We after let's do it after Supercross. We'll we'll get you on. We'll talk some more. Perfect. All we'll right, Aaron. Time. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right. Cool. See, see you later. All right. All right. Well, thanks to Aaron for coming on. 
you know something I noticed, and I'm going to work on this for you guys that listen all the time. Like after every every guest, I go, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's starting to drive me crazy, so I got to figure something else out. But uh, anyway, one more break, and we'll be back with Taylor Jones. What's up, guys? It's Cooper Webb, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. All right, we're back with our next guest tonight, which is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor in Supercross with riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and Damon Bradshaw. Fly Racing continues to excel. Visit flyracing.com. And tonight, Fly Racing brings us Miss Taylor Jones. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing awesome. Uh, hang on, let me turn this volume up just a little. Yeah, we're doing great. Um, so my friend Craig Martin reached out to me and gave me your info. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about you, but you are a multi-time GNCC national champion, uh, ISDE champion. You're just a badass. Uh, I like I like to go through the trees pretty fast, but uh, I don't know. I haven't been in this area very long, so I'm still getting to know people, but Craig's been awesome. Yeah, he's a good dude. So... Um, what you're in Texas right now? What brings you? Correct, you are in Texas, right? Yes, I am. What What brought you over this way? Uh, my partner lives down here, so I moved here at the end of last year. Uh, so, are you? You're still doing GNCC though this year, correct? That's the plan to get back to it. Yeah, I am. So it's just a little bit more traveling from down here, but um, yeah, I'm loving it down here. It's an awesome area to be around. It's hot. It, today was, I think it was 102 degrees. It was, it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, I'm in East Texas. I'm a couple hours east of Dallas, and it's pretty miserable most of the time. Um, so, before we, I want to get into your history a little bit, but where, how do you train for GNCC in Texas? Because I don't really know that there's a lot of terrain that, that would compare necessarily. Um. For some of the DNCCs, it's not too bad. Like, we have a, a few sand rounds, a few open rounds okay. that are pretty fast, which is kind of like down here. But uh, the more technical rocks and roots and muddy stuff, it's it's hard to train for down here. But um, not not a lot of the time that we're training in that stuff anyway. We like to – a lot of the off-road ride, riders, like, do a lot of uh, moto stuff, so – it's been good down here to do a, a whole bunch of moto stuff. I actually just started training at uh, Underground MX. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, that has been super awesome. I've been out there for a bunch of, like, super fast kids. Um, yeah, so I'm lucky enough to get to go and train out there a bit. But uh, Cole Kirkpatrick lives down here just about 30 minutes from me. And he's, like, I don't know, he's like 10-time Texas Enduro champion. So I get to ride with him a bunch, too. Oh, that's cool. Been Super awesome, yeah. Yeah, you, I, I'm sure you can tell I, I'm kind of more of a moto supercross guy, so I don't know a ton about the GNCC stuff. I have been telling my friends a lot lately that I would like to start doing some off-road stuff. Um, be, I, not that I think I'd be any good at it, but I feel like I could just ride some cross-country type stuff and try not to be competitive, just go have fun, because I seem to keep crashing when I'm racing motocross and getting hurt, and I'm too old for that these days. <laughs> yeah. Off-road is it. It's a great time. Like everyone yeah. goes out there and has has a bunch of fun. You don't have to go super fast, but uh, yeah, trees trees hurt. Don't yes. hit them. Other than that, yeah. it should be good. Well, about a month ago, we went down towards Austin to a track called Spokes that has a little cross country track, and it was real dry, but it was through the trees. And I, I mean, again, super super slow for me. 
but it was fun. I mean, it's just different and, you know, going over a couple creek beds and stuff like that. And I could see really getting into that. I, need, I definitely need to probably get rid of my 450 for that. Uh, it, that was a little bit too much for me out there, but definitely a lot of fun. Whole different skill set. Yeah, for sure. It um, it kind of it brings back a lot of the fun to it. I I think motos gets pretty serious and is very intense. But yeah, being in the woods by yourself, it's a great time. Now you mentioned underground. Um, my producer he, who's not here tonight, his son Doc Smith trains out there. I don't know if you know Doc. Um, rides like number sixty four on a Kawi, but he trains out there. Uh, I've only been there a couple of weeks. Okay. I haven't. Yeah, I don't really know too many of them, yeah. but um. Yeah, there's a bunch of fast kids there. There it's is. It's crazy. It's gonna be, it's gonna be cool to see how they do at Loretta's for sure. Uh, yeah, and that track I rode there. I guess it's been a while now, but there's there's some big jumps out there. That that big triple is just way outside my my comfort level. Yeah, there's a. I'm not real great at jumping. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> but, enough. Uh, that's what. Let's stick to the ground. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, for well, sure. So clearly, for people that don't know, you uh, you're from Australia. You have that amazing, awesome accent. I love it. Um, uh-huh. What? How did you get your start riding? Was it something that your family was into, or you know, where'd you pick it up? Um. So my parents actually raised like dirt cars. Awesome. Like circles. Yeah. Um, I grew up around that. Yeah. So when I was a kid, they were always racing, but we couldn't go into um. We couldn't go into cars straight away, so I think I was like three years old when I got a Peewee 50. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so my brother and I both got one each, and then we just started, we started actually doing flat track, going around in circles, and then did motocross for like 16 years, I think. Yeah. And then uh, and then I decided I wanted to go into off-road because moto back in Oz was, it's getting pretty small for like the women's side of things, which yeah. it has now here too, but... um. The off-road for women, it's, it's been incredible, especially this year. I think we had, like, 20 girls on the start line of the pro class. And then every line, we have B-grade women, C-grade women, amateurs. And, like, every line's been packed, which is super awesome to see right now. It's, like, a bunch of fast girls coming up, and it's it's going to be pretty pretty hectic in the next few years. Uh, everyone battling up front. Yeah, I, I've talked to a lot of off-road guys. Um, I know Gary Sutherland, who's, you know, race works and Heron Hound and Johnny Campbell and um, a few others, you know. And, and everything I hear about the off-road scene, whether it be GNCC or West Coast stuff, is just so – there's thousands of entries. Like, it really is a more – it's much more family-oriented as far as everybody riding almost than moto. And it, it's such a huge turnout. But for some reason, it doesn't – seem to get the coverage you know through the media that it deserves it is it is really crazy to think of it like that like supercross you can't you can't even have that many riders on the track but uh for my race at the gncc which is a 10 a.m bike race we can have anywhere between 800 to 1200 riders on the track at one time yeah it's insane it is it, it is insane. And then, like, they have a bunch of other races after that and before that. So, like, over the weekend, there's, like, 5,000 people going around the same track. And then they got all the families there. It's it's a huge turnout. They have to make sure, like, the properties are big enough to fit yeah. it. It has nothing to do with the track, really. It's just as long as they can get everyone in. Yeah, it's unreal. I, I really I always question why it doesn't get more coverage, other than the fact that, I guess, TV wise, it would be hard to have that kind of camera set up over such a long period. And it's, I think you race for like two hours, correct? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I did. That part of it would be difficult, but it really is like kind of, it seems like the lifeblood almost of, motor, of two-wheel riding in the United States anyway. It's, it's, it's the backbone almost. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's not like uh, Supercross. Anyone can come to a GNCC, get right. your AMA license and race. So I think that makes it a lot bigger, too, just being able to show up and ride whatever you have. And there's a class for everyone. Yeah, I uh, I talked to uh, Manny uh, Littenbickler, I think is his name, the German cha- enduro champion, who uh-huh. he came over and did uh, a race in Tennessee, I think, last year. And uh, it, it just... It sounds like it'd be just a blast. I told him I've got. I really like. I told you I got to get involved with this thing. I want to come out and do some rides. Maybe come up to Tennessee. Uh, I know there's some off road stuff here in East Texas, but I think the the more East Coast stuff sounds more fun. Yeah, definitely. The tracks, like anywhere you go on the East Coast, the tracks going to be different to the race before. And yeah, it's it's, it's a bigger series. A lot more people show up, and it's. It's it's a lot different. Like the local Texas stuff, it's nothing like what we are actually doing at the GNTC. Right. Um, okay. So going back to Australia, what what made the decision to come to the United States? Was it just the level of competition or the the amount of racing? What was it? Um, there's a few factors. Uh, I I wanted to move overseas no matter what, just because I'd won pretty much every championship in Australia in one year. Oh wow. Which um. I just, just I wanted to do something bigger, so I actually won all the women's championships, and then I raced the pro men's in Australia for a year. And in that time, I was working on a deal trying to come over here, and then I got offered a ride, and I just I took it. So it was between here and Europe. Okay. Um, I I wanted to come to America a lot more just because everyone speaks English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the culture the culture is a lot closer to what I'm used to, whereas if I went to Europe. I don't know. I could have ended up anywhere like Belgium, France, Spain. Like, I can't speak those languages, sure. which would have made it a lot harder. Yeah, that, I and, can... uh, yeah. Go ahead. Amer- America's just so much bigger, too. Like, I can do three different series. I can be racing 38 weekends out of 52 and get paid for all of it. Whereas back in Oz, I think we have, we have six weekends of racing off-road, and then you can, you can pick and choose other races to do, but nothing. it's not anyway close to being as big as this that yeah that makes sense um yeah you a lot of people don't think about like i'd love to go over to europe and visit but yeah not being able to speak the language and the culture difference uh if you're especially if you're doing it as a career would be very difficult so it makes a lot of sense i actually had uh i don't know this is going to sound dumb but i don't know if you know blake mccarthy do you know who he is I have heard of him. I, I don't know him personally, okay. but I, I do know the name, yeah. Well, I, I know it's – I don't want to make it sound like I think all Australians know each other, but he's a mechanic at Hep Suzuki, and he, he sent me a message earlier. He's like, yeah, we got to do an all-Aussie show, you know, have him on and you, and, you know, maybe someday I'll get Chad Reed on here. <laughs> we'll do that. But um, it really seems like from the Aussies that I've met, uh, you guys are very easygoing and happy as a culture, you know, as a people. And – is what is it about Australia that breeds that? Um, I don't really know. I, I do get that a lot. I feel like America is very competitive and everyone wants to be better than the other person, I believe. I don't know. It's just, it seems to be like racing over here, it's, it's like that. Whereas back in Australia, growing up, like at Moto or at the off road, we just we just want to hang out, have fun, and help each other. And 
just race dirt bikes. We yeah. don't care if I lose or if I win. We're having a great time anyway, which I don't I know. I guess it's the way we're raised to do it. And, like, there are some people that get upset about it and whatever, but a lot of us are just like, yeah, okay, we get to race a dirt bike and we're having a great time doing it. Uh, that's a great attitude. I like it. Um so you you got the factory husky ride. When did that happen, and and how does that come about in off road? I mean, I know uh, factory husky, factory KTM. That you know that they're same, uh, basically the same company overall, and they have really really become dominant in motor and dirt bike racing. I mean, whether it's over in Germany or the you know the the GPS in, in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor Series. How do they reach out to you and and get you to be part of that? Um, so when I first moved to America, I started with the KR4 Husqvarna team. So it's just a support ride. Okay. Um, but my bike came, like, I was supported by Husky itself. So I've been a support rider over the years. So I grew I grew a relationship with the team. I know, I know them fairly well. And, um, yeah, just, it kind of just um, transformed from there. So the KR4 team actually went out of business and then... Ended up with no no team at all, and then the like the whole off road team they've been great. No matter what happens, whatever I needed over the other years, they were there to help, and uh, yeah, just transformed from that. And now I get to I get to be under under their main part. I have one of the guys that's helping me on my bike and all of that stuff. So definitely been a big step up this year for sure. Yeah. Now I mentioned I th- you have won uh, three straight. GNCC championships, is that right? Yep. Okay, so, and then this last year, you had a gnarly hand injury. I saw some video where, like, every one of your fingers looked like it had had stitches. Um, what happened? And ha- and then you came back and raced, like, it looked like way before I would have. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so actually, um, so I raced a sprint endurance. And I ended up winning the weekend, but that afternoon I decided I'd um, ride around in a side-by-side. Oh. And (laughs) so it wasn't even a racing accident. I ended up rolling the side-by-side, and everyone says don't put your arms outside the vehicle. Yep. Which is 100% true. Don't put your arms outside the vehicle. It's So um, I rolled over, and my fingers went under the roll bar, and it, it shattered pretty much all of my fingers, and so they're all plated now. All three of them are plated. The other one wasn't as bad, so they just stitched it up. But, uh, yeah, so it got plated, and then I think three weeks later, I was back on a bike. Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't able to use a clutch or nothing, so I ran a recluse for, like, another month. So I was just, like, it was kind of like I was riding a a 50 or something i was just riding around changing gears but not touching the clutch right it's super hard to do once you once you get to a level that you, you use the clutch like second nature to go back to not using a clutch is the hardest thing to do i was just i was all over the place at the start of it but um <laughs> i know it, it allowed me to get back to racing so i did the best i could and ended up still winning the gncc championship so i was too super pumped about that yeah, I assume you had to come back if you wanted to win that championship. Um, how was the team? How were they upset when you made that phone call to let them know? Uh, they weren't super upset. Uh, they weren't. They obviously weren't happy about it. Right. But, um, yeah, things happen. Like. 
Yes, it was. Any, anything could happen. I could get hit by a car walking across the road. So it's like things happen. Obviously, this one was my fault, but uh, I yeah, I was in a position that I could still win the championships I was going for, and they were okay with that side of things. I took a, I think two rounds I had off, and yeah, I was still able to come back. It come down to the last round, and obviously it could have could have went either way, but uh, I made it happen, and the. As long as I win, they're happy. Right. Yeah. Good point. Um, now I, I saw an interview with you, and you, or I think maybe I read something, and you talked about the state of women's racing in GNCC getting more and more competitive every year. This was your toughest year, obviously, with the injury. Nineteen was. Um, what What do you see as the future of in women's GNC off road racing? I mean, you are there a lot more women coming up? Do you think uh, you just see that that side of it growing? Yeah, definitely. So when I first come here in 2017, I think we had seven girls max on the start line, which, like, coming over here, you're expecting, like, this huge big show about it, and there's seven girls. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. But um, <laughs> So this, this year, we've had, like, 20, 22 girls on the front row, which has been awesome, and it's not like... It's not like one or two fast ones. We have, like, a top six of us going out there swapping the lead every lap which it's been really cool to see and there's a bunch of younger girls like there's a there's one I'm coaching Jocelyn and then um there's Preston Reigns there's a bunch of like the super fast girls that were winning the youth um they're stepping up now so they're getting into our field and obviously I'm getting I'm 24 and then Becca's 27 so we're getting to the the top of our careers and they're yeah. just starting and they're already super fast. So it's going to, it's going to be an interesting few years over the next year to see how much it progresses and see where we can take this. That's, that's so cool. Um, so in moto, especially on the pro side, you know, you're, you're a pro female off-road rider on the, on the pro side of the male men's egos are so big and they're so competitive, especially in America, like you say that, a lot of these guys, you know, at the race, they're not talking to each other. They don't really get along. Uh, when you go to a GNCC race, are, do most of the women get along? You guys, like, talk to each other and discuss lines? Or, or uh, what's the what's – the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's, the, what's it like at a race with the women's side? Um, it, can, it can be a 50-50, depending on what – going on i guess mm-hmm. i don't know if we're in a super tight battle it seems to get uh get more competitive and the competition doesn't want to hang out that much i personally i love just hanging out and having fun so i'm not into that side of things if you want to follow me around the track and see my lines go for it i'm, <laughs> I'm cool with that but uh that's great yeah, some of the other girls aren't as stoked about it like they they want to hide their lines a little bit but, like, in the pits and stuff, just hanging out, we all seem to get along. Um, there's Kenzie, the other Australian girl, and then Becca. We're all, like, up there battling for the win every weekend. But off the track, we'll hang out and have a chat. And we also go to the ICE together. Um, Becca's on the American team and Kenzie and I on the Australian. And we get to hang out on the other side of the world. So that's super cool, too. I feel like the women are a lot a lot friendlier on the racing side of things than some of the guys, like, I would think so. That's that's kind of why I ask. I, I would think that would be the case, but you never know because racers, yeah, you know, like you know, once it gets in your blood, I mean, 
to me, everything's a race. Like even with my kids, you know, like I'm going to race you to the front door. I'm going to race you to finish eating and everything's a competition. And sometimes when and maybe that's the American side of it for me, but it, it can sometimes create hard feelings. But it sounds like you're you're you have the right attitude. And I like it. So it's really cool. Um, I did want to ask you before I let you go about the ISDE. Now you got you won that one time. Is that right? I've won it two times oh. by myself and six times with my team. Oh crap! Okay, so I, my my number was way off. Wow, that's yeah. <laughs> how how um, important is that in as far as or where does that rate as far as your wins, your championships? Because that is a very very difficult race. Yeah, for sure. To win the IC, that's at the top of my list of the best accomplishments I've ever had. Um, like to win it outright by myself, it, which is incredible. Like I've beaten every single woman, fastest woman in the world, which is crazy. But to be able to represent my country and do it with my team, and to all three of us be on the top step, I think, I think that's the coolest thing I've ever been able to do. Just um, yeah, just even being at the event to be a part of like to be a part of my country and represent yeah. us is awesome but uh yeah to put us on the top step and have my teammates beside me it's it's definitely the one of the biggest accomplishments in my life and to be able to do it six times is uh <laughs> it's pretty incredible for sure yeah that that is really really awesome um i i like i said i've had a couple other guys like i've had ryan sipes on here who's done you know the isde and then uh i got to talk to ricky brabeck recently and talk about dakar do you have any aspirations of something like a Dakar or a Baja or, uh, I don't know, some other huge event that maybe is comparative to ISDE? I for sure would. I have, um, I've thought about it in the past. I haven't gotten to the stage that I 100% want to commit to it. Mm -hmm. But I also wouldn't want to commit unless I had a team backing me. Like, I'm not going to just go and show up at Dakar and want <laughs> right. to do it on my own. Right, right. But, um, yeah, at some point, like, it, towards the end of my career, I would love to be able to do one of those kind of events for sure. It's, uh, I think it's on any off-roaders list of things that they want to do. But uh, depending on where this sport takes me and how we end up, if I can get a team, and I would love to be able to do one of those or both. Yeah, well, that's I, I would like you saying that you'd love to do that. Like I, I want to. I told you I'd like to try some off road riding, and I've had buddies say like, "Oh, it'd be cool to go to Baja," but I, I'm out, man. I don't, I don't have any interest in going to Baja after listening to Johnny Campbell talk about getting held up at gunpoint. And Dakar is definitely not something I'm willing to even attempt. I mean, not that I could, but you, uh, you have a lot more uh, ability and a lot more guts than I do. You're way more talented, but I'm very, very impressed with what you've done in your career so far, and uh, I hope for a lot better things to come for you. It's really cool, and I, I think, I thank you for coming on here. Yeah, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been awesome having a chat. Yeah, absolutely, and I'll, I'll definitely continue. I, I followed you on Instagram, and uh, I'll follow your. Hopefully, you will get some more racing in in 2020, and then 2021 to come around, and maybe things will get back to normal and. One of these days, I'm going to get to a GNCC, and I will definitely come by and say hi. Yeah, for sure. You have to. Absolutely. Hell, I may even get over to Underground one of these days soon. So I may see you around. But uh, once again, Taylor, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. See ya. That's Taylor Jones, um, another bad chick on a motorcycle, man. That's super cool. Uh, there's, there's just so many riders out there that, you know, I have to thank Craig Martin for, you know, 
kind of put me in touch with her because again, not following off road, like I probably should. I, I didn't know who she was and seen some of the videos and she, she's very impressive and obviously a very cool chick um, or very cool lady. I apologize if that's, <laughs> if that's disrespectful, but um, I was really glad to have her on. So I think we're going to wrap this show up tonight. I want to thank once again, all the sponsors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, Allsport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Motorworks, a Cherbies, X-Brand Goggles, and Extreme Colors. And again, don't forget about the Fly Light Hydrogen Gear Giveaway. Just send us an email, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Give us a story of, you know, again, how you got started in riding or what piqued your, your interest in the beginning. Give us a good, you know, just your, your true story because um, I want to read something. I want to read them online or online on the show. And I just think that'd be kind of fun. So please get involved, enter the contest. Thanks again for the Patreon supporters. Uh, some more ride or dies coming up soon. Maybe some more podiums. Let us hear from you. Follow us on our social media. Reach out. Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm choking here. Anyway, that's a wrap for the show tonight. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, you know what? No, we will not be. No show next week. Going on a little vacation with the family, so no show unless DJ TJ wants to come in and do one. So we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening.